Welcome to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist Podcast. This is the podcast for the stylist who wants to work their magic behind the chair and make more money, all without sacrificing their health both mentally and physically. I'm your host, Shelby Bancourt. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Happy Healthy Hairstylist. Today, I am joined with my friend, Nina. She is a former stylist, turned salon owner, turned business coach, a motivational speaker, a business educator, a business educational ambassador for Oligo. Like basically she's like a fucking celebrity. Um, <laughs> I am so excited to have this conversation with her. Um, her Instagram is at Nina Tulio. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Um, she is such a badass. I just love her. But before we get chatting, I want to thank all of you for the reviews and the subscribes. If you have found value in these podcasts or learned something, my fee is to ask that you share this with another stylist or someone who would get value from it. I don't run ads here and I don't ever plan on running ads. I just want this to spread as organically as possible. Just like in our business, we get the best form of business when we have word of mouth. So I want to integrate that into the podcast. So Without further ado, Nina, thank you so much for being here. I am so honored to have you here. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? You're so sweet. Thank you so much for that intro. I love it. Thank you. True. I'm, I'm excited to be here and just excited to chat with you. And yeah, I mean, you killed my name. Yes, absolutely. Nina Tulio. Perfect. Love that. And um, yeah, everything that you said, I mean, I've been in this business for 25 years. I eat, sleep and breathe this business. Uh, I do, yes, I teach business and yes, I teach, uh, you know, numbers and profit margins and all of that stuff. But I also do teach a lot about personal growth and personal development, which I feel like, which is why we're aligned because I know that you, this is the podcast about being healthy. And I think it goes beyond your physical body, but also take care, taking care of your mind and your spirit as well. So I do talk a lot about personal development and helping build confidence and helping stylists feel empowered in the way that they're growing their business. Uh, it's a very emotionally charged business. And a lot of times we forget that we are running a business uh, and we do make a lot of decisions based on emotion. So I do touch a lot on that as well, but I'm happy to be here and I'm ready to just chat about all the things. Awesome. Me too. Um, I love that you brought up like the emotional side. Um, and it is true. It's almost like when we go through beauty school, we're just taught like the, you know, sanitization. That's, that's it. And then after that, it's like, at the end of the day, we're, we're dealing with people and their beauty. It's, it's, a, I mean, especially like if we're a women-based clientele, we're dealing with women and their beauty, which is the thing that we're the most insecure about. So we have that energy that reflects onto us what would you like, what's your best advice for someone who's, you know, been in the game, like they've been a stylist, they're fairly new, or maybe they're a little more seasoned with dealing with their emotions. Like, how do you, what, what's your best advice for them? You know, I think that it, there's a, and I talk a lot about like relationship with money. I talk a lot about boundaries. I talk a lot about, you know, working on self I think we're all, I'll speak for myself. I mean, I'm, I'm a work in progress. And I think that the more you educate yourself, the more that you spend time with mentors and people that you aspire to be, I think is really important, you know, who you surround yourself with <clears throat> and keep trying, 
You know, a lot of times we say we don't like to do something like, oh, I don't like to do bob haircuts or I don't like to do balayage. And a lot of times it's just because we don't have the experience or the know-how. So all of a sudden we just say we don't like it. You know, in, entrench yourself in trying new things, you know, put yourself out there, go, go in and do something that's challenging. And then you can figure out what it is that you really don't love or what it is that you absolutely love and maybe you want to specialize in. But I think it, it is, it is experience. It is making mistakes, which I feel like mistakes are so incredibly important because they teach us a lot about ourselves and how absolutely strong we truly are. And mistakes are also a, just a, a, a kind of like a misdirection of a path. Mm -hmm. So a mistake doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or you did something wrong. It's just kind of pointing you in another direction because maybe that direction or that road was not the way that you were supposed to go anyway. So I think stay in it, try new things, challenge yourself, surround yourself with good people and keep learning. There's always something to learn in this business. And I think it's so important to continue to support each other while we're doing all of that as well. I love that. Um, I'm actually reading this book right now and it talks about um, how if you had a water pipe that was leaky and one that wasn't, they look the same. But what happens is the only way you know that there's like a you know, a little thread of water leaking is when you put pressure on it, when you have that water go through it. So it's like, you have to put pressure in order to see where you're leaking in your business and your life and your emotions and all of those things in order to know where you need to fix it. And like, I think that it's such a good metaphor because I, well, I, I can see it. You know, we're all visual learners. Um, most of us are. So I love that you said that it's like, you have to like try things to see a little clearer. Um, an analogy that was told to me that was really, really freaking cool. It was like, put your hand up against your face. Like when your hand is so close to your face, it's hard for you to see what's, what's going on. You can't see any of the details, but when you move your hand further away, that's when everything becomes a little more clear. So it was talking about how to like, when you're all up in it, like it, it's hard to see what's going on, what's real. And we are a work in progress. Like I can speak for myself as well. Like there's things that pop up that I'm like, oh, okay, I need to like work on this. And like both in business, in my technique and outside of business. So I like, I think that normalizing the work in progress and actually like making that more sexy than the I'm perfect. Cause what mm. is perfect? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that analogy that you just talked about. And it actually made me think about when you were saying, put the hand in front of your face. It actually reminded me of when I had my salon and when I would teach or train some of my new stylists or assistants, or <clears throat> even just watching other people when you're, it's like when you're doing a haircut, when you're doing a haircut and you're right on top of it, it, it looks straight. But then yeah. when you have to take a couple steps back to really see, is it really straight? Is it a little bit crooked? Is the left side a little bit longer? Like you can't, you can't craft art or you can't work on numbers or in your business unless you take a step back. And I think that that's the image that came to my mind was just me kind of working with some of my stylists and saying, you got to take a couple steps back. I remember even doing Bob. I, I love doing Bob haircuts when I was a stylist and 
really kind of working on that and perfecting it and just just really getting down on the level of that haircut and really taking a couple steps back, it just makes you see things so much cleaner and clearer. Yeah. I remember um, in hair school, they would, told, they would tell me to turn the client around so you can see them in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So you could like see that. And that's helped me so much with color placement where like, where do I want to see the highs and the lows? I literally will go like a couple of steps back and be like, all right, I'm going to put a clip right here. Cause that's where I want to see depth. And yeah, I, I love that. But the hand thing has helped me so much. I'm like, am I like too close to my face right now? Am I too mm-hmm. in it that I can't see what's wrong? Um, one of the things that I think is important, like when it comes to like, of course, I'm going to relate this to fitness. Um, sometimes when I'm like too far in my own head, I go for a walk or I just move my body enough so I can forget about it. Like it's one of those things that like, I can't just go for like a 10 minute walk. I have to go for a 40, you know, hour long walk in order to be like, okay, I like, let this go. I'm out of it. Now I can come back here and be a little more clear about it. And I, um, which brings me into like boundaries. So when it comes to boundaries, boundaries is such like a a sexy topic lately. And I say sexy all the time because it's like, it's like what everyone's talking about. Um, I'm like, is it really sexy? Okay. I'll go with it. I think it's just like hot and trending. Like Mm -hmm. everyone in the coaching world is like, Hey, you need boundaries. And like two years ago, I didn't hear anything about boundaries. So is there something that um, you particularly coach on or you tell people when it comes to boundaries? Like for the person who doesn't even know what the fuck boundaries mean, like what would you, like, how would you start? I mean, I think you have to start small. 2020 changed a lot for everyone. And a lot of stylists and owners took a step back in their business and said, what do I love about my business and what do I want to change? And a lot of it had to come with the time that they were spending in their business, the lack of boundaries in terms of spending so much time at work and not enough time at home or, you know, with personal time. And they just got so tired of working 50, 60 hours a week and missing all of the things at home and really enjoying life. And it's so hard because I really also struggled with boundaries when I had my salon and I had to learn that over time. And I think it's start, it's starting small, you know, maybe it is saying no, you know, maybe that's just one thing. It's like, okay, what can I say no to? Okay. My clients are asking me to come in on my day off. I'm going to start there unless you're charging a specialty price you know, you're not coming in on your day off. And maybe it's just saying no there. Maybe it's setting set hours. If you don't have set hours of your work in your business and you're just working whenever your clients need to, you're setting yourself up to be burned out. And I think what happens is we have to understand that we teach our clients how to treat us. So a lot of people shy away from having boundaries because we think, well, if I do this for Karen and if I stay late for Judy and if I do all the things, you're going to love me. But all you're really saying to them is, I'm having a hard time valuing my own time and my talent. And then what they do is they start to take advantage of that. So now it went from staying late. Now it's coming in early. Now you're sleeping over at the salon. Now you're coming in on Sundays. Now you're discounting, right? All the things. And so we have to set those boundaries in place. And I say, just start small, pick one area that is trying you, 
And what I mean by that, one area where you feel drained. So if you're working way too much, okay, I can't stay late anymore for my clients. That's just one area, right? Then it's maybe looking at pricing. Why am I working so much? Why do I have to take eight clients when I really should only be taking five clients a day? It probably has to do with the fact that your pricing may be too low. So we need to reevaluate and reassess. Don't overwhelm yourself and feel like you have to do everything right now. We are people pleasers and we are nurturers by nature in this business. And I speak from experience. It's so hard. And I think that a lot of us think we're doing the right thing by, you know, and listen, when you're new in this business and you're, you know, right out, right off the rip, right out of the gate, you are coming in early. You are staying late. You are doing all of the things you have to, it's how we have to build, right? You got to hustle. But after you've built your business, you shouldn't be hustling so hard just to cover your bills and no see and not see a profit. You know, there's a difference there. So I just wanted to clarify that because listen, if you're coming out of school, get ready to grind. You know, I think we have to do that, but there comes a point in time where there's a shift. Yeah. You are booked. You're 85, 90% booked. Your retention is 90%. You're booked out three, four weeks. Okay. We need to start to make some pivots and that's where the boundaries really have to be elevated. I completely agree with that. Um, my friend, Misty, Misty Jane, she always I says, her. I love her. Um, she always says, when you say no to something, you're actually saying yes to something else. Mm -hmm. And I always think about that when, when I'm going to say no, the first thing that pops into my head is I feel bad. Am I like, Oh my God, mm -hmm. like, are they going to hate me? Are they not going to like me? But then now, since she said that to me, I literally hear it in her voice. Um, <laughs> I'm like, but what am I saying yes to? Am I saying yes to my own mental health? Am I saying yes to my own energy? Am I saying yes to my, you know, my family, my dogs who need to be walked, like, you know, all those things. I think that it's important that like no can seem scary, but no is yes to something else. And no is yes to you. Yes. Like no, when you say no to someone else, you're saying yes to yourself. Yeah. And it's so hard because we just are so conditioned to put everyone else before ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard, but start small and pick one area and just go hard, go all in. And then when you feel like you've conquered that, then move on to another area and just keep chipping away. And before you know it, you start to feel confident saying no. Yeah. You know, Judy's like, hi, Nina, can I, can you stay? I can't come in at six. Is there any way you can stay till seven? You know what, Judy, I'm so sorry. My work hours are till six. I would love to be able to do that. However, I do have things that I have to do when I get home. So let's look at the schedule and see what else works for you and your schedule, right? You become so confident that that shit just rolls right off your tongue. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, it's a little weird. You know, yeah. you're like, mm, uh, uh. but then you just get used to it and you feel empowered and it just rolls right off. And that it takes time. Give yourself a little bit of grace. And you know what? It's usually just like a few people that we're really scared about. It's mm -hmm. not the majority of people. Cause whenever, whenever it comes to like setting boundaries or like raising your prices, it's not that you think of your clients as a whole. You think of those one or two or maybe five people that you know it's going to be uncomfortable with. So it's like, I challenge you start with them. Or if you feel like you're not up for that challenge, start with the people that it's easiest with start having those conversations. So you're gaining confidence because, okay, so I like take that back, start with the people that's easier because then you're going to gain the confidence. And then when it comes down to Judy being like, 
but you, you can't do that. Like, I, I don't understand why you're raising your prices or whatever the fir- the worst case scenario in your head is. You can be like, well, all these other people have agreed to it. They've not given me a hard time. They're accepting the new price, the new boundaries, the new work hours. You should too. If you're not jumping on the train, then the train's leaving. So mm-hmm. yeah, I yes. take that back about trying it first. Don't try that first. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. Like I, I, I went through a price increase this year and it was, it was scary. It's always scary. Um, a little bit just because it's uncomfortable, it's unfamiliar and having these conversations with people that you love and that you think love you, which you hope that they love you. Most of the time they do, um, to be like, Hey, you're going to be paying a little bit more. And you feel all the things you feel the, what am I going to add to this? Am I going to add a deep conditioner? Like I was like, oh my God, for root touch-ups, I'm going up $15. I need to add like a deep conditioner to it. And then I'm like, wait, mm. but now I'm discounting my service right. still. Yeah. So, it's so true. And you know, listen, so many people live in that space. And I used to do that. I used to do that too. I was just doing a live actually on the Oligo page. And I was talking about the do's and don'ts of price increases. And, you know, when you have a price increase, you have to be very mindful of how you communicate it with your guests because they feed off of that energy. So yeah. if you send out an email that goes into all of this detail and you're trying to cover your tracks and do all of the things, they start to question it. And then it's like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you having a price increase? I can't afford it, right? If you start telling clients face to face and you're like, well, I'm having an increase and it's only going to be a couple dollars at like, and you feel so nervous and insecure about it, they feed on that energy. So my, my advice was to practice your script in the mirror and become very confident in what you're saying and believe that you deserve the increase. When you yeah. start to talk to yourself in the mirror and you believe it, then you can deliver that message with confidence and conviction. And no one says shit because they're like, oh, she is not playing. We are going, we are having this increase. We know that she deserves it. And here's the other piece of it. You're so right about the focusing on like the two or the three or the five. Nine out of 10 of your clients are cheering for you. They're rooting for you because I've been hearing this so much with my coaching clients. It's like, I did the increase and everybody was like, it's about time. Like your clients (laughs) are aware that you need to have an increase, but you do have the one little Karen that's like, I can't afford it. Or why are you doing this? Or you just had one last year and that's okay. That's okay. You know, you can refer them somewhere else, you know, if they're not a fit for your business anymore. And it's just making room for people who don't question your prices and they see your value. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so true. Um, I hear all the time as well that people are like, oh my God. So people were shot. Like people were like, oh, it's about time. And I feel like that's such like a little slap in the face. It's like when someone yeah. comes to you and you tell them the price and they're like, oh, you're so cheap. I'm like, fuck's cheap. That's not what I wanted to hear. Like, <laughs> You're like, great. I'll double it next time. <laughs> yeah. And you also don't want to think like that too. Cause like, Oh, that's, that's been a thing where I've had clients. Okay. So this is like an interesting topic. Um, I've had clients who are like, Hey, like I'm referring my friend. She has a lot of money. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. Like, are you referring them because you know that they can afford me or you think I'm going to charge them more? Mm. Like, interesting. I, I haven't known how to take that, but like that, 
I'm thinking of one client in particular, honestly, I've turned down all of her friends because I'm like, oh. I, your friends don't make me happy because they're like, they may have money, but that doesn't mean anything like right. to me. I mean, if they have money to afford their appointment, of course, that means something to me. But um, <laughs> what do you like, what if, what would you do? Like if someone was like, hey, this person has money, like you should charge them more. Like what's your oh, first my. thought? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I work full on transparency, honesty, integrity. So we're like, Oh, that's great. Next. Like let's, let's switch yeah. the subject. Like I'm not going to, or almost handle it in a way where thank you so much for the referral. Everybody gets charged the same. Yeah. You know, my prices are what they are and I base it on the deliverables and the experience and not by how much money they have, but thank you so much for referring your friends, yeah. you know, just kind of like push it back a little bit because your honesty, your integrity, your core values in your business are everything. Hell so yeah. you don't want to be the person where, oh, she sent in Sam and Sam makes a lot of money. So now Sam gets charged more, yeah. you know, um, that's just not good business practice. But I would just say, hey, thank you so much for that. But everybody gets charged the same. You know, I, I base my prices off of my value and not what anybody makes. You know, can you imagine if we price services based on other people? Well, we it's have just to do like, what's best for our business. It's just like discounting because you know mm -hmm. that Sam has, you know, she went through a breakup. She went through this. She went through that. Like, you know, you feel bad. It's what I call emotional discounting. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think that it's just as bad. Like now that we're on this topic, it's just as bad to emotionally discount your services because Sam's having a bad day. Sam's having a bad week. Sam lost her job. Like she's, she's here to get her hair done. If you mm -hmm. want to gift her something, then that's different. But to emotionally discount, now you're, you're ruining your own boundaries. You're saying yes to that discount, yes to less money in your pocket and no to, you know, what you set your prices on. Absolutely. And listen, I just shared this on Instagram. I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, but every time you discount your services behind the chair, you're taking away from feeding your family from putting money away in college fund, from your vacations, from your education, from your financial future. So every time you take that $10 off, which may not sound like a lot, but if you do that 15 times a week, that's thousands of dollars that are lost in your business. And I'm not saying don't be kind, caring, and compassionate in the way that you run your business, because you can give back to your clients in so many other ways, but it doesn't mean that you have to discount your talent and your time to keep a client. Because again, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, you're basically saying that I'm okay with discounting my value and my talent. And then they tell their friends and now yeah. their friends think that you're the discount stylist. And now they send everyone in and they expect to get that discount. And now you started this chain reaction, which is very, very hard to break which in turn is going to be harder when you go to raise your prices because now mm -hmm. they weren't even at your normal prices. They were at a discount and now you're like almost doubling whatever it was. It was, I think those are the clients that we're like afraid of. We're afraid mm -hmm. of those clients that we've discounted. We've basically shot ourselves in the foot because now we're like, okay, not only do you have to go back to my normal pricing, I'm increasing my normal pricing from there. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> it is so, it can be so complicated. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 
my gosh. So um, creating boundaries, so important. Like I even have boundaries like both inside and outside of work. And I think that those are important because at the end of the day, like we talk about the hairstylist, the hairstylist, but the hairstylist is more than just the person inside the salon. You are a human being. You have a family. You have like, you know, you have a personal life too. So um, I love Nina that you said like start small, but I challenge you to think of both, like mm-hmm. both of the hats that you wear. Like, what are the boundaries I need in my personal life? Like, maybe I have to stop answering text messages or like answering clients or working by eight p.m. And um, what are my boundaries inside the salon? Like, maybe I have to be a little more aware of myself in the salon. I need to stop scrolling on Instagram when I'm in the salon. That's my like for me. That's my mental health boundary. I'm like in the salon. I don't scroll on Instagram. Like, I. I, if I find that I'm like getting lost in my Instagram, like what could I be doing right now? Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like my trigger, like, Ooh, I need to go fold some laundry. I need to go, you know, talk to my client, check in with her, see if she's okay. Like, see if I can get her anything. And like, so I think that boundaries are like, can be more than just like saying no and, you know, leaving work on time. It can be something that may give you anxiety. It like in the salon, it has nothing to do with your clients. It's like you versus you, you, you know, what's going to be your trigger and what's making your life a little bit harder. Like, how can you fix that? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you brought this up because the personal, and again, I'm still a work in progress. I, I'm not the best with boundaries, honestly, when it, especially when it comes to work. Um, but if there's one piece of advice that I could share, and it's just over in reflection of my life over the past few years, especially when I sold my salon. So I sold my salon in 2016 to do what I'm doing now. And so I'm almost five years in. I can't believe it's so crazy. Time just seems like it's flying by. And when I sold my salon and we moved from Pennsylvania to Connecticut for my husband's job, I went through like this whole thing, like lost myself. I didn't know who I was because we define ourselves so much by our work and our career. And what I really uncovered was that I really, and I don't live in regret. Like you'll never hear me say, oh man, I wish I would have done. Cause I just don't, I don't look back. I don't live back. I just keep moving forward. But this one thing really made me think, and I wanted to share it with everybody. And I did share it on my Instagram. But the one thing I learned is that I wish I would have said more I wish I would have said yes to more things that had to do with my personal life than I did to my business, because I said yes to everything that had to do with my business. And I said no to so much that had to do with my personal life. And I missed out on so much stuff with my family and my friends and vacations and travel. And I wish I would have done it a little bit differently because as I look back, I, you know, there were moments that I missed and as the owner, I could have taken that time. You know, if I wanted to go trick or treating with my nephews, like I could have just blocked that time out, but it was like the business always came first. And that's the only thing that I talk about and share that has to do with looking back a little bit because I I share it because I want people to really understand that your business is always going to be there, but creating those moments with your family and your friends, you don't get that every single day. You really have to say yes to more of those moments. And I think that boundary that you were just talking about in your personal life, it just kind of coincides with, with that, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, 
what's what's weird is when I was before I met my boyfriend, um, when I was dating, I realized that I couldn't hold a conversation with someone if it wasn't about hair. And it created this like limiting belief that I wasn't smart enough, that I couldn't like have a conversation if it wasn't about work. And it sounds so silly because it was like, I can't have a conversation with someone, but it intimidated me if someone didn't want to talk in depth about their hair. And especially towards men, like I was like, I don't know what to talk to a guy about. Like, it's like, if I'm not cutting his hair, then what am I going to talk to him about? And it, it actually forced me into good habits. So now I, I read 10 pages of a book every single day. And from reading and listening to podcasts, I like seek information now because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm curious about this. I want to know more about this. And I started getting more into psychology and the psychology of like how to be a better friend, how to be a better like communicator. And because I felt this like belief that I wasn't smart enough to communicate with people because I was so focused on my job all the fucking time. I was so turned on to work where I would see people out and I would be like, let's talk about your hair. I want to talk about your hair because I want you to come into the salon. And that's like what I can do. That's what I can give you. Mm. Where now I'm like, I want to focus on being a better listener, a better communicator, like expanding my knowledge. So it's, it's cool to like recognize like what you're not good at and to like turn it around. Like what maybe like 2020 was that thing that all of us hairstylists needed to create these new boundaries. Like it doesn't have to be like you put yourself in like a really big rut. Like I was where I was like for years and years, I was like, I'm not smart. I can't talk to people. I don't know what to do. Like, how am I going to talk to people? And now it's like, all I do is talk to people. Like I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. You're so good at it. That's so awesome that you're doing that. That's so Thank cool. It's, it's just one of those things that like, whatever you feel is like struggling, like if you're like, okay, and in, in my life, I want to take more time for me. I want to, you know, learn how to like do these things. It's so like accepted in our industry. And now like people stayed home for a fucking year. They can understand if you want to take a day off. They can understand if you want to not work evenings. Like we have the luxury, especially with so many people working from home, come in during office hours. Like you can adjust your schedule um, and make it better. But I completely agree with you that like focusing on yourself and like what's going on beyond the salon is so important. That's what brings in money too. It, like if you're not working on you and your mental health and like what makes you happy outside of work, what are you bringing into the salon? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I believe that your personal life and your business life, they run parallel. You know, when you're doing great in one, you're doing great in the other and vice versa. Or if you're struggling, you know, at home, then a lot of times the business takes a toll too. And I think it's just super important to continue to make sure that you rest and refuel and whatever that looks like for you. You know, it could be a walk. It could be listening to music. It could be like dancing. Is it for me dancing and music, you know, spending time with my dogs, whatever that looks like for you and just unplugging, you know, setting time aside, whether it's a Sunday or a Saturday or a, a, a Sunday and a Monday where you're like, I'm unplugging, I'm tuning out. And I actually had to do that for myself because I'm really, I mentioned, I'm really bad with boundaries and time management and things. I will work around the clock and I won't even know what time it is, but 
I started to make sure that I don't work Saturdays and Sundays. And unless I have a launch or something that's coming up, like I have been really checking out. I mean, I still post on Instagram, but I'm not glued to my phone. I'm out and about, you know, we're, we're here in LA. So we're exploring, we're out, we're at the beach, we're taking the dogs for a walk. We're, we're trying to just do more outside. So I think again, it's setting those boundaries for you where it's like, if it's Sunday, I, even if you don't post, who cares? Don't show up on Instagram. Don't show up on Facebook, take a yoga class, go for a walk outside, whatever that is for you. It's okay to rest and refuel and it's necessary because the only way that you can fill others is if you're filled. Yeah, you know, so you have to continue to do that. It's very important. And like with all the resources that we have, like, let's say you do want to show up on social media on Sunday, you can pre-plan that post. Mm -hmm. It can pre like, there are like apps and like Instagram, you can pre-do your stories now. Like, so there's no reason why you have to be like plugged in on all of that. And like you said, it's like, you got to take care of yourself first. And honestly, your clients, the people that you're worried about not seeing you show up, they want to see that you have a personal life too. They want to know the other side Mm -hmm. of you because at the end of the day, these people like you. So they're like, who is Shelby beyond behind the chair? My clients like that when they see me on Instagram, they know I work out. They know I have dogs. They know I'm in a relationship. They know that I have like a life outside this. Also, it brings you things to bring back into the salon. What restaurants are happening right now? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Like, I've been noticing that you went out on this bike ride. Like, where are you biking? Like, that sounds like it's so much fun. You are inspiring people to do things. So I almost think of like my out of the salon time as um, work. Like it's like fun work. Like this is part of my job. Part of my job is being a human being and enjoying my life. So I have this story that I can bring into the salon. I have this experience. I have like, cause like how boring would it be if you're just like so robotic? It's like, Oh no, nothing's new in my life. I just work. I'm just here. You know, my friends are foils. Like, like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're right. You're so right about that. And I think that it, you know, people gravitate to people that they know, love, and trust. They gravitate, you know, we gravitate toward people who are like us. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important to show up as your authentic self on Instagram, because if you want real clients that are your target market, be you. That's the best thing that you can do is be yourself on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever you live on social and not fake it. Because if you do, you're going to attract the opposite of who your target market is. People want to spend time with people that they think are cool. They think are nice. They think are kind. They think are fun, you know, depending on what their vibe is. And so I think we kind of have to get out of the whole, and I'm so glad that Instagram went away with that whole curated cookie cutter. Like we're done. Like we're just, who cares anymore? You know? Yeah. You want to have a brand and it has to be cohesive, but showing yourself and showing your personality and showing your truth. That's what makes real connections. That's what this business is about. It's really not even about hair. You know, I learned so young. I was probably 21, 22 when I was working for a salon that I actually ended up becoming the district manager for. And we had eight salons and I had about 55 employees. And my mentor told me, this business is not about hair. It literally is. It's 20% 
care 80% about the way that you treat people and the way that you make them feel. And when I heard him say it at first, I was like, huh? Because I was so young. I was only in the game maybe like two or three years. But over time, I really, truly saw the value in that, especially when I was working behind the chair. I worked in my own business till year probably nine. And then I sold in year 11. So I was full-time pretty much behind the chair. And listen, I was not the most talented artist. My strength was not doing hair. My strength was taking care of humans. My strength was being myself. And that's why my retention rate was 95%. I stopped taking clients year six because I wanted to focus and build my business and help my team grow. I kept my clients. I didn't have a problem. And it wasn't because I was like this amazing, super incredibly over talented stylist. It was because I listened and I took care of my clients. I did good hair, but that wasn't my strength. And so, yes, you have to know what you're doing. Like we can't let people walking out all jacked up. That's not what I'm saying, but <laughs> there's such a human element to this business and the human connection. That is what people are thriving on right now. They need that safety. They want that security in your business and we have to be able to give it to them on all levels. So that personal aspect kind of brings that and ties it all together. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, let's be real. We touch people more than the average doctor does now. Sure. Like we are more physical with people and, you know, it is 80% your energy. That's how I like to see it. Mm -hmm. It's your energy. It's something that people can feel as soon as they walk into the, into the room. People will go to a salon and sit in your chair and be like, I just feel relaxed. I feel all these things. Yes, they feel beautiful at the end, but that's because you made them feel beautiful. You can do the same exact job and like talk shit to them the whole time. And it doesn't matter what the hair looks like. They're going to be like, I'm never coming back. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you said that because... I, especially with Instagram now, like there's a lot of comparison. So there's a lot of like, you know, lifting up the ponytail is that like seamless blend. And sometimes like that shit's really hard. And sometimes I'm like, I'm going to try really fucking hard to make it look like that picture, but I didn't do that work to begin with. And if like, but what I can control is how they feel during it and knowing that it's a work in progress and knowing that they, I have their best interests in mind that I'm going to try really fucking hard. And I say those words, Hey, listen, Susie, I'm going to try really fucking hard to get your hair to look like that. I want you to love your hair. I want you to feel beautiful. I want you to feel all the things and I'm going to try my really, my best. And Susie's like, you know what? If you don't even get it close to that, it's fine. Like, I know that you're going to try. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I think that when it comes to comparison, um, I, I, there is something that you have said, and I'm sorry, I don't remember where I heard it from, if maybe it was your podcast or maybe it was like a live, but you said something about your advice to people who are comparing themselves to others. If you remember it, can you touch on it? Because it was so fucking good. I mean, there's a lot. It could be a lot of different things. Um, you know, I think it really, it, you have to... I think maybe what you're referring to is that there was a quote that I said that there's always going to be someone that's more talented as you. There's always going to be someone that always that just has more talent and that's okay. But you have to focus on your own magic. You have to focus on you. You have to focus on what makes you special. And it isn't comparing talent, you know, because where someone 
is strong, someone else may be a little bit weaker, you know, and if someone is really, really great at doing hair, but maybe they're not the best in terms of their interpersonal or customer service. Do you know what I mean? So you focus on your magic. And when I was a stylist, my magic was the way that I treated people. It definitely wasn't my technical skill. And I'm, I have no problem saying that, you know, my team was in a lot of ways, way more talented than I was. And I wanted it that way. And I think that we have to be okay with this is Instagram. See, Instagram created a lot of this because it's like, anybody can whip up a picture and make it look so beautiful. And then we add filters to it and we do all of these things. And then we have, you know, our little Jenny that's coming out of school feeling like she's so lost because she's looking at work that's being done and being filtered and being so perfected. And she's thinking, how am I going to get there now? And if I don't get there now, I'm a failure. And I think that it's so changing. You know, Instagram is really changing where we're taking away that perfection. And I think the more that you focus on your, your authentic gifts and just you showing up behind the chair and being yourself is a gift because the way that I show up behind the chair and the way that you show up behind the chair is completely different. Mm -hmm. And I think when I started to become the most comfortable as a hairstylist was when I started to become more comfortable with myself because you can be you, you can show up as you, you could be quirky and goofy and weird. That's me. Like, that's just kind of how I am. I have like weird things, you know, that I, I like things a certain way, you know, and I, my team will tell you all this stuff, but it was what made me, me. Yeah. And people just like to spend time with people who are real, Yeah. you know, and people who can say, you know what? I screwed up today. I'm really sorry. I made a mistake. We're not perfect and it's okay. And if you're coming out of school and you are looking at the 10 year stylist, please know that you're not going to get there in one year. It took that person 10 years to get to where they are. And so enjoy that journey. Take the time to enjoy your own journey. And it's always nice to have someone that you aspire to be and someone that you look up to and please get a mentor. It's so important to have a mentor in this business, but enjoy your own ride, yeah. you know, and don't rush it because the time goes by so fast. Like I said, I have been in this business for 25 years. When I say that, I feel like I'm a fossil. <laughs> I'm like, how did this even happen? I remember being in beauty school. You know, I graduated from cosmetology school in 1997. I graduated high school in 1996. Like I think about this stuff and I remember also wanting the journey to go so fast. So I could be like that 10 year stylist. Mm -hmm. So I could say that I have 15 years in. And now I'm like, oh my God, I wish it would have slowed it. You know, not I wish, but like I should have taken more of that time to be like, this is my journey and it's badass and amazing. Yeah. So I want new stylists to know that, you know, and your time will come and you can celebrate that 10 years in, but like, take your time getting to that point. One of the things that has helped me, um, either with client building or like enjoying the process is getting the client excited for the next time. Mm. Because when, especially when you're first starting out, it's like, okay, you, this client brings in this photo and they want this balayage. Let, let's just say, I feel like color is a really good example. So they have all dark hair and they want this like really blonde, high dimensional balayage with like a solid blonde at the bottom. 
Now what I do is I break it up into appointments and I'm like, okay, so today your first, your first step is going to be this. Then I walk them through what the next step is going to look like. But as we're doing the first step, I'm like, I'm so excited for the next step. And I, I let the client enjoy the process with me. And it, but that took me a long time to do because I used to be like, fuck, I have to get this photo today. I have to get this photo right now because Jenny is going to be really fucking mad if I don't get this photo, even though I know in my head, it's going to take three sessions. So now I'm, I'm working with my clients to train them into, Hey, you're going to see me at least four times before you get this. So now there's like that client retention. There's that commitment that they're making. They know that they're like, they're coming back. Um, and it gives me that grace of like one, I can enjoy doing their hair because the pressure is off. I'm going to like do what I know I can do in this time. And I know that they're coming back as long as I like stay to my word. But it also like helps me enjoy the process of like, I get to know this client. I get to build a relationship with them. I get to figure out what they like, what they don't like. Because like a lot of times we all know a client wants this big change and they get the big change. You work so fucking hard. You may have discounted it because you're like, damn, this is a lot of work and Jenny's paying a lot of money and this is one process. And I can't imagine charging her a thousand dollars for this 10 hour color correction. So I'm going to charge her whatever I charge. And then Jenny doesn't like it because <laughs> mm. Jenny's like, shit, I'm way too blonde. I've never been this blonde. This is a lot. My hair feels like crap, all this kind of stuff. So it's given me grace in many different areas. One, to help prevent mistakes. Two, to build a relationship. Three, to give myself grace and less stress while I'm at work. And four, to have income. Like the income is a huge thing. I so, love that. That's like my advice to the new stylist, the mm -hmm. continuing stylist, and the stylist who's fucking booked. You want to like... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I just okay. got so excited. Because you no, know what go. this reminded me of? What? It reminded me of dating. Oh, yeah. Because you just said you're like, get them excited about the next time, right? Or the next appointment. You remember when you're dating and you like, okay, whatever. You go on a date with someone, but you really like them. And you're just like, oh, I hope that they set up the next date or they like drop a hint where they're like, oh, next time we can go here or next time when we get together. It's yeah. kind of that thing, right, where you want to kind of like secure yourself, but also let the client know that you're looking forward to that next date or that mm -hmm. next appointment and you're planning it. Yeah. So it kind of just by you saying that it really like took me back to my dating days, where I'm, which was so, so long ago, where I'm like, <laughs> it's so true. Like people want like you're courting them in a way. Well, next time let's get you excited about next time. Let's talk about, you know what I mean? And I think that it's super smart in the way that you worded that. I love that. Thank you. I always, um, I always joke that we're not dentists and like our clients actually look forward to seeing us. So if we can reflect that energy back to them, like I'm so excited for you to come in. And the first thing I say to my clients when they come in, I'm so excited to do your hair today. And they're like, I know I'm so excited to get my hair done. <laughs> and like the energy just like went up. There goes like all the pressure, like not all the pressure, but a lot of the pressure for your skill. Cause now I know that no other hairstylist is saying that to them. I'm mm -hmm. that like one more. Also the way I, um, I worked at the salon and the owner was obsessed with Disney and he called it the Disney effect. He's mm. like, I want you to picture this as Disney. And what happens at Disney? Everyone wants, everyone thinks about the next time that they're coming back to Disney. So how can you make your clients want to come back? I was like, I talk about them coming back. I expect them to come back. If they don't come back, that's unlike me. 
that's unlike my clients. My clients yeah. don't not come back. That's weird. So that has been like a huge thing in my booking in helping other stylists like pre-book. I'm like, you have to make it where it's unlike, like it's, it's almost weird if they don't come back. It's like, whoa, what happened? Like we talked about this. We were excited about this. Like mm -hmm. what happened there? So true. And the Disney thing. So it's so funny that you mentioned that because a few days ago, I did a, an event with nine other commissioned salon owners called Salon Owners Unite. Mm -hmm. And one of the owners, Ashley, she talked about the Disney effect and it's really creating, they go above and beyond to create that experience that never, you don't ever want to leave. But if you have to leave, of course, when are you coming back? Yeah. And it's from the customer service. It's the way that things smell. It's the way that people pay attention to detail. It is all of those things that make someone never want to leave. And then they know they have to. So they're like, oh my God, I can't wait to book our next trip. It's the same thing with an appointment. And Disney is, they have classes too. They have online education. You can take about leadership and it's pretty cool what they do because they're customer service and the way that they lean into the guest experience is pretty, pretty amazing. Hell yeah. I remember like the last time I went there, it's like, you, you always remember the last time you went to Disney mm -hmm. and they're just so nice. Um, it's funny. I, when I met my facialist for the first time, I was like, oh my God, she's like a Disney character. She's like, this reminds me of Disney. <laughs> like she's so nice that I don't like, I have to stay with her. And like, we developed a friendship over time and all of that. But I was like, how can I be that Disney character to other people? Like, mm -hmm. how can I be that nice experience? You're excited to come back to me. And in all aspects of my life, like I think about when I was dating, I'm like, how can I be that story? That like, this girl was so fucking cool. Like, I can't <laughs> wait to see her again. I mean, it worked like with my Disney boyfriend. dating. <laughs> Snow White. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think of myself as sleeping beauty. So <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> oh, so funny. So wow, we went over so much today. Um, so just to recap, like we went over boundaries, we went over like comparison, we went over the Disney effect and how to get clients to come back. Like this is, this is so amazing, Nina. I am like so honored to have your time here today and to be bringing this. Um, if you could, you know, what would you say is the biggest misconception in our industry that you wish that you could change? Ooh. Uh... Or maybe in your coaching that like people mainly come to you and they think a certain way. Okay. Okay. This is good. When they're hiring you as a coach, mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception when they're working with you that you, maybe it's something that surprise effect that they're like, oh damn, I didn't know I was going to get this. In working with me? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, I mean, I think people kind of know what they're going to get just because of how I just show up wherever yeah. I am on platforms, you know, I, what, it, what you see is what you get. But I think what happens, ooh, I think what happens a lot of times is that a lot of owners and stylists, yes, they need assistance and guidance with their business and their numbers and profit and loss statements and all of those things. But in all actuality, they just want someone to be their cheerleader and someone that truly understands exactly what it feels like to own a business. And they want to bounce ideas off of each other. Like they want that person to confirm that what they're doing is right. 
So a lot of it, and a lot of people who work with me, they know the answers, but they question themselves. So it goes from learning all these systems and numbers to building confidence and building um, self-worth. And I think that, again, they run parallel. So I go with it. You know, I am very in tune in what I see, what people need. And yes, do they need to work on their numbers? Sure. But they also need to handle situations in their salon from a space of confidence and not fear. So let's talk about what happened when you were in a salon, or let's talk about how you grew up. Let's, let's go to that core story a little bit and dive deeper. I think that's probably, that would probably be the most, you know, people think that we're like, Ooh, we're going to talk about numbers and we're going to get all this in check. And then it's like, ends up being a therapy session Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are just, they feel lonely and it is very lonely when you're an owner. It really is. It doesn't have to be. And that's why I'm really trying to do my hardest to create such a sense of community in our business. Yeah. You know, that's why I love collabing. I bring other coaches and other mentors into my programs. Yeah. Because I want to offer uh, diversity and I want to offer something maybe that I can't offer them because somebody else has something to say that's completely different than what I'm saying. You know, and I think that we just have to learn to really respect each other and work together and uh, know that there's enough to go around. You know, and it really, it really is important, the sense of community and support. And I've been seeing such a shift for the positive and it makes me so, so happy. I live for that. I love it. I love that. And, you know, it's one of my core values um, is community over competition. It's just knowing that like, I can't do this alone as Mm -hmm. much as I want to. I think I have to, I don't want to teach someone else because I could do it faster. I think that that's the, the realizing that you can't do it alone and seeking out that help pushes you further, faster, mm-hmm. all the things. Um, and I love that. And I love that even in, in coaching there, like I work with a lot of other of my friends who are in this industry. And that's why I wanted this podcast. I'm like, people can hear me talk all day, but I want to hear other people talk. I want to mm-hmm. like, cause you bring out things that maybe I wouldn't have brought out. And mm-hmm. I think that's like the beauty of it. We're bouncing energy. We're bouncing like ideas off of each other for the benefit of other people and ourselves. You know, I like learning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little therapy session. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's great that, you know, learning that it's more than just the ma- like the masculine of the numbers, the structure, the all this. It's like realizing why you do things the way that you do mm-hmm. things because it does pop up. It's mm-hmm. like your your monsters will show, and whether it's like in your relationship or in your business or like someone triggers you in a certain way, and having that person who can be like, hey, like pause right there. Let's talk about this. Let's see how we can like reverse this cycle. Because like when oh, you're yeah. so in the forest, you can't see when your hand's mm-hmm. so close to your head, you can't see. You need that yeah. other person to see that for you and to be your cheerleader, be the person who's on your side. So I love that. And like having other people, it's like, hey, me, Shelby, Coach Shelby, whatever, Nina, Coach Nina, I'm not the only one saying this message. Mm-hmm. Look at all my other friends who are saying this message. We're all saying the same thing. We're all on your side. And now you have all these other people that understand what you're going through because being a, you know, an owner, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, all the, it, it is lonely because the average, average person doesn't understand the little things that can build up 
that can become big things that are a big deal in our business that Mm -hmm. replying to a client at eight o'clock at night can be a trigger to so many other things that you need someone to be like, Hey, let's take a step back. Let's not do that. Let's experiment with not doing that. Let's see how that feels (laughs) and giving you permission. Sometimes we just need the permission from someone else. Mm -hmm. Like you said, absolutely. We know, we know what we need to do, but sometimes we just want that permission from someone else. So I'm with you. Listen to your gut. It's very important too. Oh yeah. Listen to your gut because it will never steer you wrong. And a lot of us just don't, you know, because Mm -hmm. we want to please and we want to see the best in other people. And when you have that feeling in your gut, it's the truth. And listen to that, you know, whether it's hiring stylists or whether it's with a client or whether it's with your personal relationships, you know, always listen to that gut feeling. Or roll through the emotions and give yourself time Mm -hmm. to figure, because like when, when I feel like there are two types of people, people who can like be quick responders and people who have to go through the emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, I'm just kind of thinking in in a different way Um, where it's like, I have to sleep on things for a couple of days. I have to be like, you know what? Let me sleep on this because now I got to imagine like the good side, the bad side, all the sides of this so I can create a gut reaction. Like it doesn't have, like a lot of people think, oh, go with your gut is just like the first thing that pops in your head. No, that's going with your head. That's not Mm -hmm. going with your gut always. Some, some people, if you feel like you need to sleep on it, you find, I, I say that all the time, like, I need to sleep on this. Like, let me just like process this for a little bit. I'll get back to you. Or I just need to breathe. I need to like inhale and exhale so I can take my emotions out of this so I can make that decision. So Mm. I love that you mentioned that. It's so good. Well, Nina, um, thank you much. Thank you so much for your time. Again, um, you can find Nina at Nina Tulio um, on Instagram. Is there anywhere else that you would like me to mention? Sure. They can go on my website. Everything is Nina Tulio. So ninatulio.com. Check out my website. There's a lot of information on there. I live on Instagram. So if you have a question or you need anything, please always feel free to slide right on into my DMs. I do answer every single one of them. So you're, you're heard and we do support you and uh, yeah, feel free to reach out anytime. Awesome. And as always, you are what you think you are aspire to inspire and I'll catch you next time. Thank you.